0: Wow, we've been uh, praising all night the return of a leader of men, a champion of all causes, the effervescent, the king, the master of ceremonies, ringleader, bass fisherman, beer-drinking barbecue specialist, genius, talented, entertaining, the return of serve, the
1: return of glory, the return
2: of... TC and Jake. Hello podcasting audience, I, uh, I believe that you will probably recall, I've got it on my phone right here, let's look it up, and I'll put a link in the description. Back on episode 963, I'm glad I looked it up because I was going to say 936.
1: That would have tragic.
2: Yeah, people would have been confused. Uh, back in episode 963, that is part of our uh, series of talking to listeners with interesting lives, which I firmly believe is all of them um (laughs) and uh uh, we we talked to our our good friend james about his experiences fighting for american freedom in the iraqi desert Ooh, toby
0: keith or something like that
2: tough day oh it is man
0: services i mean
2: i i do have
0: a lot of toby keith questions that i wouldn't have asked yesterday but so um kaczynski died Yes. That day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Momentous. I forgot about that. I
2: do uh, respond to whatever's in the news despite the, you know, timeless nature. Like, we're asking questions about things that happened, you know, 20 years ago. Although today, I think, is more questions about things that happened since the last time that we talked. Uh, But I do still have 20 years ago questions. Absolutely. I don't know. Like, I I woke up. I knew we were doing this today. I woke up. I read that Toby Keith died. (laughs) Then I took a shower. And uh, crying, still, in the still I not
1: hit you. Yeah, crying.
2: <laughs> well, I uh, I figured you know to just kind of like greet the day with the reverence that it needed. I was playing boot in the ass in the sh- in the shower, yeah, just thinking about it.
0: Just want to be a cowboy for me, yeah. <laughs> you ever <laughs> seen that uh,
1: Fox NFL promo?
0: It was on uh, was that on the timeline today? Did yeah, that, yeah, I think I'll, I'll bet that's great. It's just I, it, yeah, go, it's, it's just cowboy themed, yeah, it's just on the field. Of course it is is that just, uh, he had a pretty epic mullet, yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah.
2: I mean, this song came out in '93. That would be right. Prime. There's no bigger. There's no greater time to be a cowboy. That's, That's right. That's true. Um, but yeah, so just listening to booting your ass,
1: like, uh, like it's a serious text.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it is, any any work of art is expressing a, a viewpoint, and
0: it's beautiful, man.
2: Like uh, it's a. Uh, I, I you know I, I remember the viewpoint it's expressing. I remember being the dominant thing that people were saying as sure absolutely at, at the time of of nine eleven, and uh, you know it's it's very much like a thirty thousand foot view of you know like this giant global event has happened. I feel an emotion, so I'm kind of like channeling that personally in in terms of like a we should go get them. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and like for ninety nine percent of people, it's like well, not
1: me, but yeah, someone. Representing my interests ought to go get them. That was a that's a, f- a famous I don't know it's famous to me uh, David Crossline. line. Yeah, uh, I can't believe I ah, I wish I remembered the name of the special, but it's uh, he does Lee Greenwood mm-hmm. and and I'll gladly stand up. Well, not me, but my neighbor's kid <laughs> next to <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah.
2: To,
0: I've heard that.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and uh, I don't know, you know, like. On the one hand, like I said, we all are familiar with the idea and like it it held some appeal to us. But like, you know, whenever whenever he's just like writing in a safely ensconced in a recording studio, like, let's go get him. Like the actual thing that he means is, you know, like, uh, let's fuck up 15
1: years of James's life. (laughs) (laughs) That's why that Chris Christopherson story is so great. Yes, yeah, and I've read and, that several have you years ago. Seen that circulating? No, I don't today. think so. Yeah, it was uh, it was like a charity thing, right? No, it was Willie's birthday. That yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's like Willie, obviously, like Wyclef, uh Chris Christopherson, Toby Keith. There were a bunch of other names in there, and I don't know if like Toby Keith felt like he was in charge or something. Maybe he was somehow like had put it on. It seems surprising to me, but he walked by Chris Christopherson and told him, "Hey, Chris, none of that lefty shit out there tonight." And Chris Christofferson, who I presume, based on the way this conversation went, is a veteran.
2: He, he certainly claimed to be in the thing, and I don't think he was lying. And, and he was uh, like yelled back at him,
1: what'd you say to me, boy? And he's like, you heard me. And uh, Christofferson proceeded to berate him over his lack of military service. I was like, you ever, you ever killed for your country and gone cash that check? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you have not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So... I'm waiting to cash that check at the uh at the local scout meeting cuz I got a real problem with the pledge and I haven't really put my hand on my heart in a number of years <laughs> and I don't do it in the scouthood either but you know the caprick of the scouts Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was inspired. No, I just yeah, that's a that's a good one. I'm going to go look that up. I didn't know about Christofferson. He put him in his place.
2: Yeah, I uh I don't I I've always like just in school I was like this is weird. Very. This is odd behavior. I don't feel comfortable with it. The pledge stuff. So I, I'd always just kind of respectful enough. I feel is like hands at sides. Like if I you go behind the back. Behind the screen. back's a
1: nice one. That yeah. feels reverential. It yeah. does feel a little but reverential. But also, like I'm not, I'm not bowing down.
2: The hand over heart just feels like our dear leaders kind of stuff. It's like, very Kim Jun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, you know. I was told that I was in the land of the free.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and yeah. I feel like I celebrate America more by mm-hmm. not putting my hand over my heart.
0: That's right, as one should. Yeah. So you,
2: you do Boy Scout stuff now?
0: I do. My daughters are Boy Scouts, so they're open to uh, open to everyone. They technically, you know, they still are the Boy Scouts of America. But started this first uh, school year. Youngest is in kindergarten, so it's a big milestone when the when the youngest is in school. So. Um. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know how we got there.
2: I uh, I watched the documentary. I watched the Boy Scout Netflix documentary yeah, a couple I can't do weeks it. ago. Yeah,
0: I saw it and I looked and I saw the synopsis. I'm good. I don't need to. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, just keep my eyes on my own paper, my own chapter. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I was in the Scouts the whole way, you know, like it was like a week before I got sent away that I quit. Um, and, you know, I can happily attest that. Uh, I certainly was never sexually abused and I'm I'm very confident that no one else in the group was, was sexually abused. But
1: boy, there's a lot of abusing that was going on. You were getting all you could handle from the church. Oh my God, I
0: see Man. no
2: everyone just kept their hands off my privates. <laughs>
0: Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I had a, Life well lived. had an easy go of it. It's it pretty good. Uh, but yeah, now they get into one where it's like uh, there was no – it was just like four single guys were like we're starting a troop. And we're just like going around to whatever seemed like a, an easy target basically yeah. and being like join our troop. There was no pretense of getting merit
1: badges. Nothing. It was just – Because I would have been one of those targets. yeah dainty looking little fella yeah yeah they're definitely looking for one parent household yeah one Um, parent household household. with pipe cleaner arms (laughs) probably not gonna offer too much resistance oh man and then I I was a a gaunt child I think
2: like uh, people were like flying the New Orleans it was in New Orleans of course Uh,
1: they they were like flying from Europe that's disgusting (laughs) yeah well that's trafficking Yeah. yeah yeah okay wow uh, enough, enough of this yeah
2: yeah yeah no, fair <laughs> enough
0: um back to toby keith
2: <laughs> did you uh, did you ever see toby keith
0: you know when we t- you were over there <laughs> listen i listened to the episode recently and i talked and I, I said something about the bases you were talking about stay very very safe uh-huh you know the, my group of people the the jobs that i did i didn't have a lot of free time to go and see those kind of shows a lot of those people that you would see like you can kind of tell maybe by uniform or patch like what they do or where they're at but uh anything that i experienced i saw some uh, what did i see some group of cheerleaders i don't couldn't even tell you the team that's how impactful it was because they (laughs) set up near the gym and i was on the way there you know i mean the stage was in that area but uh i know robin williams came uh to balad i was at balad i was at balad airbase on my uh on my second tour or eight. i lived on one of the bigger bases i know he was there but i'm i'm you know our missions were always at night, you know, and yeah. that kind of stuff. You know our typical work day, you know, we'd wake up around dinner time, and, and that'd be, you know, dinners, breakfast, and then get ready for whatever the mission is and go out and
2: easier to do the transport at night. You were doing, yeah, yeah, were protecting um, convoys, right? Yeah,
0: so seven oh eight, that was that tour that was uh, nothing but convoy security, and that was yeah. almost exclusively at night. Everything, you know, just because of the, um, you know, there were nationwide curfews, so the roads should have been empty, and we're moving. You know, we're moving 30, 18 wheelers, you know, with seven, eight, nine, you know, vehicles in security support. You know, it was a uh, we we, you know, nothing to get a mile plus. I mean, we were a long, 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 long group, you know.
1: I have a weird technical question about yeah.
0: that. So if you're it's there's obviously like some semblance of quote
1: unquote roads. Are you if you say there's 18 and then there you said 30? Be about 30, yeah. Okay, so you have seven support vehicles. How do you position
0: them? So like are some of them to the side no we go in we go in a a straight straight single file line yeah you want to keep some distance in between you um roadside bombs is the main reason and then a lot of the times you know we're not going more than like 60 miles an hour you know if you get to 60 plus you're doing pretty good but one of the things i did i didn't really talk about on the first on the first uh episode was uh, i was a scout vehicle so instead of a humvee i spent a lot of time in in a armored security vehicle more of like a I compared to like a tank with wheels, um, like big 52-inch tires, you, you know, massive, massive things, and uh, it's actually the, the the gunner is enclosed. You got an actual turret, you've got a 50-caliber machine gun, and a uh, what's it called Mark 19, which is a 40-millimeter grenade. It's a, basically an automatic grenade launcher. If you've seen the uh, 203s on the bottom of an of the bottom of an M16, see that in like video games and stuff. It's that yeah. round linked together and, uh in a fully automatic machine gun. Probably one of the coolest pieces of equipment. That's I've, insane. It's. I got another story about that one.
1: I only know it because it jams in the first episode of Generation Kill. That's it. You got to have the right lube. Yeah.
0: You got to have the right lube. Yeah. It's uh. It's very intricate. It's it's kind of difficult to mess with. But man, when you when you there's nothing like it. You know, the boxes of ammunition um, were humongous. You know, they're they're knee high. I think you get you on know, a link was somewhere in the neighborhood, of like 40 to 50 rounds, but there was, like, packing material in there, and we would take those out, and you could link, like, 60 of those grenades, and that was typically, like, <laughs> the burst. Like, you didn't stop until the thing was empty. So whatever we're, you know, wherever we're at, there's going to be, like, 60 grenades thrown over there, you know? <laughs> so how many
2: how many times would you estimate that you shot off 60 grenades at something? Um,
0: I mean, it's double digits. It's probably in, like, the 12 to 15, you know? I looked one. I looked, and there's, I, if you want a link, I can send it to you. But there's a um, second de- second deployment. I did a poor job playing in the National Guard, so we can go back to that at some point. But the second deployment, the uh, the unit we were assigned to was part of the 101st Airborne. They're a transportation unit, and they've got a like unit history page out there somewhere. We had our get together over the summer and somebody shared this and I'd never seen it before. So the unit history pages, let's say it's 100 pages long and this unit was in World War One, World War Two, you know, Korea, Vietnam, whatever. Like one third of that is my unit's history. It's a, they, they devoted like that much to this because of all like, we had, a, we had kind of a reputation. We were from Texas, like, unit that we relieved was an active duty unit, but they weren't an infantry unit and they weren't really like well experienced, I guess you would say, like in reacting to being combat. Whereas our, our unit coming in in 07, we had like something like 60 or 70% combat experience. A lot of us had already done one or two deployments and we knew, you know, had some uh, interactions with them prior to leading up to getting there. And we're like, man, this is going to be This is going to be kind of rough. Like it was to the point where like a lot of some of the families didn't even know. Like it was like we didn't tell them we were doing convoys because of how dangerous it was at that time. And this unit had taken some casualties and we're going to replace them. So one of the things like they did is like a typical infantry line unit is somewhere in the neighborhood, like 120 people. Well, they plused us up to like 160 because they were expecting casualties. We got like extra medics assigned to us. Um, We got like a whole mechanic section, you know, group of mechanics to maintain our own vehicles. So we didn't really have to like, we had like a compound inside the base where we didn't really need to leave. Like we had everything. Our medics had an aid station. We had our own little like um, common area to have uh, meetings and briefings. We could watch movies, do training. Um, we could pull the convoys into our compound and line them up. If we wanted to bring 30 or 60 18-wheelers in, we could bring them in and line them up and then head to the gates and get off base. Um, but when we showed up, there was like – this unit didn't like take – you know, they, they didn't really know how to react to, to being attacked. So, yeah, they were just hauling butt. <laughs> so, like the first mission we rolled out and, and we had dismounts. You know, we're an infantry unit. We had vehicles – that had people and like, all right, when something happens, we're going there. So, you know, the convoy goes through and we dismount troops and we like take over this village. The first time we got attacked, we take this house, clear this house and, you know, get the guys. And it kind of like caused an incident because that's not the mission. You know, we're supposed to just go from point A to point B. But because this was an active duty unit and we kind of we stopped it, you know, like very, very you know early at the beginning. This is a bad spot where we identified it and we'll take care of it. And you know, a lot of people didn't didn't react like that. Um, going back to like the National Guard. We'll so did
2: did you stop doing that? After yeah, they, okay. yeah. We
0: we we stick we stuck to the road. You know, yeah. we would we would we would take like go back to your question, Jake. We would take the eighteen wheelers and 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 we would move them through the kill zone. And we typically have like myself as the scout. I could I could flip and come back. I could turn my vehicle mm-hmm. around. If something happened behind me, that was always my job. Is I'm further out ahead. I know everything behind me is clear. I can turn around and floor it and get back to the contact with my vehicle and help with, you know, 50 cal and the grenade launcher and put and those so down somewhere.
2: We usually, I I presume there's probably two guys in there at least? So each of the vehicles is, is three, yeah. I was, okay.
0: the, I was the truck commander. I sat in the passenger seat. I had a gunner next to me, or a, a driver next to me gunner behind me in the turret okay so yeah i'm, I'm kind of i've got a little computer screen map the the blue force tracker same thing that was in generation kill i had that same screen had that same screen next to me had a few controls the the, the driver sits literally next i could drive if i had to you uh, um, brad pitt and fury no not at all okay <laughs> not at all no um but yeah i could drive if I, had to. I had to call a medevac for my driver one time and finished a mission I actually just drove wow. i just had to had to pull him out and send like, him on the way. So,
2: how how does that work? Do you have a steering wheel in front of you too?
0: No, I just scooted that's over. I'm like okay, I'm right there, so tight. So yeah, we yeah. were literally next to each other. You're touching each other, you know, knee to knee. Um, so like I had to. You that know, sounds worse than being shot at. Working the working the computer <laughs> and trying to you know talk on the radio and drive at the same time. And yeah, look what's on the road. Um, but yeah, I, I went out uh, like I said that 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 vehicle keep trying to backtrack the, the ASV, we, I would be out like a mile ahead of the convoy sometimes. You know, so that'd give the people behind us, if, if I would go out a mile and they're a mile long, you know, they got some room to build up some speed. Um, you know, you got one guy, you got one one Humvee typically would be the, uh, would be the first in front of the 18 wheelers. And then, you know, whatever your interval is, you typically just split it up evenly, as evenly as you can, and then throw a security vehicle in there. But you got, everyone's got to do a job, you know, let's say you're numbered one through seven, you know, that's going to be what you're, what you're calling each other in the convoy order, one through seven, uh, numbers. And, you know, let's say, say two and five are responsible to get out of the kill zone. We're going to use everybody else to get back and take care of whatever's going on. If that makes sense. It does. So it's fascinating. Yeah. And there was some tight places. I mean, we were like, we were all over that country. And like we'd go right through downtown Baghdad, you know, like overpasses and bridges. I mean, you're asking about roads. I mean, there's the okay highways, but there were so it was so f- common. The roadside bombs were so common, it was just trashed. You know, they'd gone through um, they'd gone through like an O four ish, O three O four ish, know, long after, after the invasion. Like started ripping out of the guardrails. You've seen those pictures, I'm sure. Like there's no guardrails in Iraq, or there was at that time, because um, it just slap a. IED on the backside of the guardrail, you can't see it, and then whatever's coming through. So there's zero guardrails in the country. Um,
2: damn, I wonder how they're doing now.
0: Yeah, I fixed it.
1: <laughs>
2: That's good. I'm no. glad, glad we we're able to do that.
1: <laughs> Turns out.
2: So in the whatever you're going out, like it is, it like a, a guarantee every night that someone's going to be shooting at you, or.
0: So what was a, the frequency? So in like a, in our in our company size element, it's um, broken down into three platoons. Each platoon um, is two convoy uh, two convoy logistics patrols. We we call them clips. You know, so that was a total of like six clips in the company. You know, we probably almost have four or five of them out on every night, um, and. It was like not, it was not consistent, you know, that's the thing to say yeah. like once a week is not like really an accurate representation because you'd have a week where it's like every fucking night yeah. and then you might have a quiet month or something, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, if you wanted to average it out, I mean, it probably is somewhere in like the once a week, you know, you had something going on um, and and like something varies too because. Yeah. You know there's there's bad and then there's like somebody taking pot shots you know as you drive by you may not even really return fire you don't see anything you're you know cruising at a decent clip that may not even require you know may not even may not even warrant a, a response you know that kind well, of stuff happened every now and then what does bad look like um is IED like worst thing that can happen yeah there? yeah I man. in 05 um in 05 uh not not my clip, but the convoy in front of us, sister, you know, same platoon. Uh you ever heard of the explosive form projectile? Does that ring a bell to you? This so. is something for the Taurus Boys. The uh it's just metallurgy. You know, they take a a hard tube, hard metal tube, hard metal cap, fill it full of explosives, put a soft metal projectile. On the air, you know, it, it, what, what will become a projectile on the open end, mm-hmm. and then you know, blast it into into a vehicle, and, and that that uh, that took someone uh, you five, and it was, I mean, the fact that it didn't take all three of them is, you know, really the thing that I took away from it because it's just, you know, pretty decently armored, you know, one of the better armored Humvees. I can only imagine if it was the shittier ones I talked about last, you know, yeah. last time, probably would have got all three of them. But uh,
2: yeah, yeah, you or your vehicle, if- yeah. You saying last time is basically just like, in my mind, like the Isuzu trucks.
0: Yeah, I mean they were definitely Humvees, you know. But the, you know, the the structural Humvee, like the base Humvee, was not armored. Your floor was not armored. Your roof was not armored. They'd put armored doors on. You'd have armor armor on the doors, and like maybe a little panel below that armored. And then we would put sandbags in the floor. Um, and then I told you about the turrets. The turrets were nothing but a ring. And then we would weld, yeah. weld steel and wrap them with Kevlar blankets. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've definitely, there's, there's a picture of me somewhere with none of, none of that. I'm in like yeah. a pickup truck, like a Humvee pickup truck. And I'm like standing there and I've got my, my gun on the, it's I call a panel, it's just a, a pole in the back. And had like a, it's a sling. I was just like kind of, had it around my back. I was just kind of standing there leaning back. And I did like a whole patrol, probably like a week like that. I remember being in that truck for a while. Yeah. It's so. wild how much equipment you, and, you know, mechanical upgrades you have to do on your own. Yeah. I don't think most people think about that. When the And the thing too, so us doing convoys in 07 and 08, it was so, like it was, you know, supply chains always suck, I think. But the... The amount of stuff that we would just steal. I mean, we we saw, well, we, I say we, like from um, Iraqis? No, 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 no. This mm-hmm. is this is the supply convoys coming in. Okay, okay. You know, like with the stuff that we're 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 securing, we're escorting them. You know, we'd bring them into bay. We bring in like Wet wrecked the beak vehicles. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bring you bring in a lot of wrecked vehicles. You know, stuff that's going maybe to Kuwait to get refabbed or or mm-hmm. whatever. We would take and just go through every piece of that. Is you know we knew where they would park and they. They call it the in, the, in the Army, they call it the E-4 Mafia, which is like your specialists and below. They kind of like are the guys that get stuff done, the stuff you don't really know about. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many thousands of dollars worth of parts. They would just go, whoever had a night off, you need to go check the junkyard. We, we just brought this convoy in, so, <laughs> something we might need on there. So it happened way, way more than I can imagine. I've
2: uh, I've been driving all day, so I, I feel pretty scattered. So if I'm asking a bunch of questions that were answered by the sentence before I asked the question, I apologize. No, it's all good. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I guess I I just loved and like. Do, do, do you have any um engagements that stood out? I just I you know I love stories.
0: The one about that grenade launcher. I I had a I had a had a my my crew, my gunner, and my driver were on leave. So they were going to be gone for three weeks, and I really didn't have an assignment, didn't have anything without a crew. I can't really lead a mission without my crew. So I told, you know, if anybody needs anybody, so I ended up gunning a lot on that two or three weeks, and I was on that grenade launcher, and there was one one night just south of Baghdad. We came to a stop. We would get we get stuck behind route clearance teams, the engineers, like the combat engineers of the, of the army that would go out. And search the roads, make sure that there weren't any any um, roadside bombs. Um, they had a lot of crazy equipment, but we were behind one of them, came to a complete stop. And as soon as we came to a complete stop, I'm somewhere in the middle of that convoy, a three or four, you know, truck, if you will. And there's a slight bend in the road. So I've got a pretty clear view in front of me. And I saw everything. Like the there was a house and they started shooting at the front of the convoy, the cars, and it was just perfect. I mean, it couldn't have been lined up any any more perfectly. And I let 60 go that night. And like you could see, I, I watched in the thermal, like just the roof of the house open up. I mean, it was, it was one of the like, to like see the other end of it. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever is in there is not in there anymore. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, man. You know, that was, but it's, I mean, stop. I mean, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't have like, it couldn't have been scripted any better. You know, like it just, the way we, we came to a stop, you know, there's a lag that had accordion effect and they'd been stopped a little longer than us. And like, I just happened to like, as soon as we stop, I'm looking, you know, through the, it's a thermal, thermal, you know, white is hot and black is cold. And then, you know, I just like, is this, you know, you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? And It was pretty, felt like I didn't, it felt like I was watching it, you know? Yeah. Like that's, <clears throat> I guess the best way to describe it. Yeah. Because like to look back and think like. Man, I fucking I did that. Like that's you know, I don't know. I still weird. And to be seeing
2: it on the screen is it feels like it adds an element. Like like then then it is you're you you're literally watching TV.
0: Yeah,
2: like like it's your life. It's it's an actions initiated by you, but you're not seeing it with your eyes. I don't know, man. You just think like I feel like to some extent the history of warfare is going from you know. uh, Used to be if you were in war and you wanted to kill a guy in like prehistory, you know, you just had to punch him. Uh, you know, to whereas, mo- you know, then for a lot of it, you know, it's swords and shit, like just the level of uh distance that you're talking about, you know, and then it this this story yeah. ends with uh, drones, right? Um, oh my gosh, you know, where like now you There's are nobody. like fully just watching TV, <laughs> pressing some buttons. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I like. Seems like it has to be worse if you're, like, stabbing the person. But it seems like that's almost something that we are to some degree. Like, the the species is used to that. This is an entirely new thing to be doing war on TV. There's a ton
1: of research on, you know, drone operators experience, like, the same degree of trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I don't know... I, I'd rather do that if I had to than put a knife in someone's eyeball. But just, I think the, the result is pretty much the same. Yeah,
2: see, I, I think saying same degree feels like it really captured it. Because I I guess the thing I'm trying to get at is that I, I don't think the degree is lessened, but it's different, right? Like it has to be like fucking with you in like a slightly off-center way.
0: Well, and I can say, too, like even from, you know, from 05 to 7 away, like, I was definitely on the ground a lot more, you know. I wasn't on the ground at all, hardly in 7 You know, I was in a vehicle majority of that time. Whereas in 05, I was definitely on the ground and had some experience, you know, with the people. And, like, that's the thing, too, is you don't see it from the road the same that you see it from the ground, if that makes sense. I mean, just kind of like that screen, like you're talking about, like, you know, being in a convoy, not leaving your vehicle, <clears throat> excuse me, not even leaving the road is much different than, like, Going into a building or, you know, walking through villages, you know, that kind of stuff like that's really two vastly different experiences that I had. Um, I think like. It's just it's there's so much. There's so many different different varying degrees, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know, like there's you know the drone operator is, is got a it's got a job that. I, I don't even I can't even I can't even think about it, but. How often are they on, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Are they doing, like, all the time, every day, and nine to five, they're going and operating a drone that's dropping something? Or is that, like, a deployment where they're going for six months and they go sit somewhere? It just, at least for us, you know, we kind of had, like, the had like the end point. That seems like a job that they're just always fucking doing, you know? I couldn't imagine. Yeah, It seems worse in that aspect, Yeah, you know? Like, you don't have to worry about going somewhere if you can do this from a base you can just go home every night so yeah that sounds terrifying that's nightmare fuel
2: yeah i don't know i i, I feel like uh, i don't want to leave the the active combat part of this because I'm, I'm sure i'll have so many more questions but uh i am very interested in the uh experience you went through recently do you yeah. have any more
1: iraq questions before I, we no. ask anything else okay not right now in, yeah. We could probably do this
0: again probably circle back anyway yeah
2: i i'll do this as often as, as you guys want
0: i got one i got one too and i could. i'll tell one more like as part Please. of like the the t the tms thing is and it's i did uh circling back in august i started uh right around the time school started with the the tms therapy that we talked about Transcranial yeah, just... magnetic stimulation okay so tms stands for and uh, the idea is they're using like a magnetic, they call them coils, what they put on your head is called a coil, and they're using magnetic waves, um, pulses is what they're called, thousands of pulses at a time to, in hopes, stimulate the brain. There's there's brain scans that you can see. You've ever seen brain, brain scan activity? Sure. You know, light and dark. Um, you know, PTSD brains are much darker than other brains. Um, you know, can't really talk too much on that science, but that's what they're trying to mitigate with this TMS. So uh, I got started and I was doing a, they call them protocols. The protocol I was doing, they were somewhere on the right side of my skull near my temple. And then there was another coil. They put it like left, kind of left of center top. And I would do maybe like three to five minutes each. And I was going every single day. I I completed a total of 51. does it hurt? Fucking A, man. The second time. So the the first time, I think I did 15 or 16 of that protocol, and I was doing, um, I want to say PHQ-9, PCS-7, some of the psychological evaluations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they use to um, grade progress, track progress. Um, and by, I have like, a feel
1: weird feeling one of those?
0: that the not I hate them. Feel, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. S- I, I Some days, several I, days. How many is yeah. several? Yeah. I, I wasn't, what do we got? We got a scantron here? I wasn't thinking about it, but I am now. Yeah, exactly. I haven't thought about it all you day. You know what? I
1: haven't been eating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. how many meals? How many times have you? And I'm like, I don't I don't feel good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a lot of those, I
0: think I was doing those like every, it was either every four or five days. Such a beating. Every four or five Some sessions. Some of them were like 80 questions long. There was, um, I think there was three different ones and there were different intervals, but yeah, one of them was like 40 questions. So it's they just, took a minute. He's like, we got the long pain. one tomorrow. Yeah, he told me, we got the long one tomorrow. I got to do the long quiz tomorrow. So, yeah, but uh, like at like session 15 or 16, they didn't really like the results. The doc says, um, you know, let's come back in. juice. Yeah, let's, let's come back in and redo your protocol. And, the, the you know, the whole thing about finding the protocol is they're like hitting you with a, ma- a big amount to get a reaction in your hands or your legs. You know, looking for like a nerve reaction, I, I assume. And that's how they find the spot, and then they work up the um, percentages of the dose. It's like a It's all sounds so insane. It's, it's pretty nuts, man. And there's tons, there's tons of YouTube out there. Um, so the next protocol, I think I took like a week off, and the next protocol was like what they call bilateral, and it was almost like right in my hairline on the front, like just above my forehead. And, yeah, it fucking hurt. I felt like I was getting shocked every time I was going in there.
2: Oh, my God. And, like,
0: I was to the point where I'm, like, I don't know. Like, I I was, like, I don't know if I can do this. Because the first time, that first 15 or 16, the one by my temple, you know how, like, you always told, like, uh, mm-hmm. the wrong touch on your temple can mm-hmm. kill you? Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. Right. So this thing is, like, tapping on my temple. There's not anything t- touching me physically. But the sensation is, like, this. Like, I'm, po- I'm tapping my finger mm-hmm. into my temple. Like, that's what I'm feeling. And I'm, like, <laughs> this is crazy. Uh and they said they had a mouthpiece. If I wanted a mouthpiece, you know, to bite down on. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it that first time because the the temple was just, you know, it was annoying and you know, being right next to the temple. The other one, uh, left side, wasn't so bad. But when they when they went to the front, like, yeah, I mean, eyes watering, teeth clenching, like, just complete, like I'm being shocked. Like that's when I did the when I went in to like do the do the find out where, where they needed to be. Like I, I, said I told the guys like I'm I'm getting shocked. I said I feel like I'm being shocked. And uh, he said, "I know it's intense, but it's this is just what it is. And uh, you build up like a tolerance, but they, you know, they take you way down. I want to say you're probably starting like the thirty or forty percent of where they really want you to be, and then you work up to it." And by the end, like, I did, uh, so I was 15, I did 51 total, whatever that math is, 30-something, you know, mm-hmm. about halfway through that, I started, like, the tolerance was there. I kind of talked to the guy, you know, I still wore the mouthpiece, and it was it was pulses. So, you know, you're in there for five minutes, and it, and it pulses, which almost kind of feels like a shock, but I think it's just thousands of, you know, magnetic pulses, and they're going into their brain, and they're... All those neurons and pathways are they're, they're trying to light those up again, things that they, you know, think are maybe shut down or not as active and not as active in they are in other brains, um, is the science. But yeah, when that one when that one uh, it was within like the first week it was like it was the light bulb, it was like something, a switch has been flipped, like really something's going on in my brain. I um I actually like started sleeping like shit. <laughs> I started like Waking up a lot, waking up really early, and they said like it's an un, you know un it's a side effect unfortunately, but you know they're they're you know firing at your brain you know they're trying to they're trying to wake it up um, it was probably like in that same time period I just I felt like I had. I used to have a nightmare i mean i still have this recurring nightmare of an incident where a civilian was killed and it used to like hit me where when i'd have that nightmare i was just like i'm back at square one if that makes sense like i'm just anything and everything i'm done i'm like it's still there it's still there so the the setting is is something that happened yeah yeah it's uh it was a recurring of an incident like it was on a convoy mission and uh You know, in in 07, in 07, fall of 07, told you we had a lot of experience. We got tasked to help lead a active duty unit coming into Iraq all the way from the port of Kuwait. We went like as far north as you could in Kuwait and, and Iraq, picked them up, took them all the way as far south as you could in Kuwait. We were on the road for like 30 days. It was insane. The second to last night, probably. I mean, we're hours from the base. And uh, we come to a stop, again, it's the the roadside, you know, engineers clearing clearing the roads. And uh, we see a taxi go away from us. I'm sure you've seen that orange and white fenders, white car orange fenders, like the typical Iraqi taxi. Taxi goes away from us on a parallel road. So the road that was parallel to us, that was like an intersection further down in the convoy behind us. The cab is going away from that intersection, disappears. Over a berm. A few minutes later, we watch it come back. It's coming over the berm. It's heading to that intersection. And, like, we go through the escalation of forces, what they call it. You know, you shoot a flare, fire a warning shot, and then, you know, you uh, you know you incapacitate. And, and went through all those things and don't know for a fact that it was a car full of civilians. But from what I saw, it was a car full of civilians. And, uh, you know, there's a curfew. They shouldn't have been out. But... My recurring nightmare is like the woman in the backseat of that car like comes out and gets out of the car and, you know, live has, a, has an arm missing and like takes that takes like a step and falls towards us. And I've seen that like, same thing, like I'm saying, with like the consistency, like I've seen, I've seen that scene almost weekly, you know, for 15 years, like I've relived that whole night. I've seen it. It's like a dream nightmare it's not even you know i'm watching it you know like i'm not even there not even really in it like i'm just watching it happen but in that tms period i had that dream one night and i just woke up and i'm like i'm i'm fine like i'm not back at square one if that makes sense i didn't have the same reaction that i had to that dream and like as soon as i had that it was just you know you know epiphany realization whatever It told me, like, you know, this is not going to be something that I'm ever going to just be done with. not ever going to have, like, it's not a cure, you know. It always happened.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't have it happen.
0: So So maybe have some control at that point, though. Well, and that's the thing, too, you know, like I've done, you know, a decade of therapy. I've done so much CBT stuff. Like, it's all there. Like, the tools have been there this whole time. But, yeah, I mean, maybe getting my brain zapped, you know helped a little bit i mean there's definitely other factors i mean it's been a wild and crazy you know eight months it's been intense so
2: what uh what, what, what do you mean by that what other stuff you've been doing
0: um like i am uh, officially i guess you could say retired mm-hmm. um if i don't want to work again i don't have to so kind of like set in my security hell yeah um for the next lifetime hopefully um the uh Things haven't, you know, read your book too. Read the the book you recommended. It wasn't the first time I've been recommended that book, but you recommended The Body Keeps a Score. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, the thing that helped me in that same time period of reading that book is how much like I've hurt those around me. Like I didn't really understand, like secondary PTSD is a real thing. You know, shared shared trauma. You know, trauma yeah. trauma bonding. Like those are all very real things. And like. That should, you know, hurt people. Hurt people. You know that that is definitely a transferable, you know, poor, poor, uh, you know, poor trait. I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, I had to had to deal with a lot of those consequences, you know, and do, you know, do more on my own than I've probably ever done in my life. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um. And it just, uh, you know, multitude of things. Um. There was a lot of chat talk in your chat, in the Patreon chat, about um, ADHD medicine. You've gone into that a lot. Mm-hmm. I had two therapists um, in the beginning of TMS, the, the um, psychiatrist, psychiatrist, psychologist, I can't remember. Um, well, if they can give you medicine, then they're a psychiatrist. So he, the person that I met with at the beginning of TMS, you know, asked if you've ever been... diagnosed with adhd and i'm and i think he was telling me it was more like the focus you know not being able to focus sidetracked not completing tasks and i've just kind of always contributed that to just my mind being racing and not being aware and mindful it's just like it's like you know like i've never been any other way exactly it's kind of how i thought um you know especially now all all of us formerly talented and gifted children all that, (laughs) that shit so uh one of those for sure um, but I had him and then uh, got a new therapist when I saw you so that was in June I probably got a new therapist like right after I saw you guys my therapist left the vet center, but I got a new one and She's challenged. She's challenged me a little differently than the previous guy. So it's been good um, But she also said the same thing like very similar so I uh, tried I'm in the probably like 60 to 90 day window of stratera, which is like non non-stimulant at, yeah. yeah non-stimulant that, Adderall it's yeah. like the non-stimulant Adderall is the I way I know that existed yeah, yeah. like it's it doesn't affect your sleep idea. or doesn't make you jittery right okay. right yeah, I've heard of that and uh yeah so like I said I'm in that still early you know but this is the first time in 15 years of dealing with this that I've never like taken a medication that was geared toward depression and anxiety you know PTSD like I was looking at the bottle and it's like for focus, it's like, all right, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. The only thing I need help with is focus. Yeah. <laughs> That's big improvement. <and> <laughs> exactly. I was like, yeah, we're in the right direction. So,
2: so as far as the, you know, having that recurring dream and then having the experience now of waking up and, and feeling like it's a, a drastically different place that you're at with how you deal with that, do you like, you know, it, it, like you talked about last time about doing ayahuasca, like the ayahuasca didn't doesn't sound like take that from you. Like you yeah. you did that and then you're still waking up and you're feeling back at square one with the dream. That do you like you know I everything I'm hearing is like you know there's a lot of factors, but kind of it might be you know that it's the transcranial magnetic what's the S stimulation stimulation. Um, That's the easy one. <laughs> yeah. The, the that that's what's you know kind of puts you in this place is it, but I I just that's what I'm that's the message I'm getting but I want to make I you know it, it doesn't you're not saying it uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth no so I, want I to got ask you, you is yeah, that no, how I, you feel
0: yeah I absolutely feel that way no I and another thing too through those psychological evaluations and I didn't you know I I mentioned a suicide attempt a little bit yeah you know in the first time but i you know, I'm not going to share anybody else's stories, but it's been confirmed to me through others and groups that like there's this common feeling among um, with a lot of people, similar in, similar people deal with addiction too. That like this is just the way we are, and this is how it's always going to be, and like death is the only release from that, or that's the only like that's the true end game, because from now until death. You're going to have to deal with this thing, whatever that is, PTSD addiction. its It's been explained to me in similar feelings. And through taking those surveys at the TMS, like I don't feel the same way that I did about that one, about that outlook, if that makes sense.
2: That's beautiful, man. I, that
0: feels like the biggest gift you can get. I've never had a more, I've never been as optimistic as I am, you know, at this point in my life. Like it's, it's, Yeah been incredible and you completely stopped with other meds no i um i tried i tried something at the beginning of last year and i um i I got nauseous i used to get like yeah some of those ssri stuff would just f my stomach i got issues with that anyway so i don't need any help from (laughs) yeah any help from that junk it'll tear you up so yeah that's uh that was kind of like the end of that but uh, so that was probably like the spring, hadn't done anything since like the spring of last year. And then I just started this like between Thanksgiving and Christmas probably. So, the focus um, one? Yeah. So like I said, 60 to sixty to 90 day window, like I'm checking in. And that's the thing, you know, it's a good thing about the VA is like they'll meet with you as long as, as much as you want to, you know. So I'm going to check in like monthly until we get the dose dialed in and then, you know, go from there. They just set it up and you can get like a, you can get three month supply. They just put it in the mail. It's, it's easy once you get it set up. But, um, Thanks, Biden. yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I just, I've never always kind of had that, like suicidal ideation. Like it's kind of always been in the back of my mind, you know, and I hate to even talk about it, but like, I think talking about it kind of is cleansing and cathartic, hopefully that it's just not the same. I don't feel the same way. Like I went for a long time. I thought it was just like a trait, you know, like that's just a, a character, that's m- part of my character, you know, self-loathing, you know, what's that? What's that? Uh, what's that meme that says, you know, you can you can give yourself a hundred thousand, but you got to give the person you hate most fifty, and you say, I guess I'm getting one hundred and fifty or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I I don't think that that's the right way to think about this anymore, you know, like you got to love yourself. Before you can really experience, you know, it just – it's not a it's, – it's toxic, you know. It doesn't serve me anymore, you know. I carry it around a lot of shit and just feel a lot lighter. Yeah.
2: It's awesome. Yeah, and, the, you know, I – the way it's – I mean, yeah, I – I've not had any experiences that you've had specific, but like, you know, the, the, you know, suicidal ideation and the, yeah, yeah, I've had that experience plenty.
1: Um, Real quick though, when they ask you though. Like, sometimes, like, when I would go to, like, therapy or, like, group therapy and stuff like that, and they're like, yeah, I have ideations. I was like, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. I know what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to call yeah. the cops. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs>
2: spend the 48 and <laughs> hours in the facility. There you
1: go, 5150
2: me? So, no, I have that, never thought of that once. No. Thank you. Definitely not. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, if you really, like, the VA, like, you can really trust them. But, like, a normal therapist, I'm like, mm, <laughs> who does that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like if you even kind of like hint at it, that it oh yeah, alarm uh, bells. I don't like, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, like I'm on a Zoom call. I do feel like it's better for I'm everyone Z- if I just pretend like a yeah. Zoom
1: call with a therapist, and I just like slowly have to lower the knife. I'm like, no, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, you know the the beautiful thing about like there's just a sense of momentum. Like if you get if you figure a couple things out then and you know i feel like we've been talking about this um with some of the i feel like we've talked about this on episodes recently of just like if you solve one problem then the big message that sends is that like you can solve problems and then it's like it doesn't really matter how many problems you have like if you can work hard and find the solutions and like you realize how fulfilling and fun of a process finding solutions is then it's just like You know, I got a lot of problems left, but, like, I don't really have any. You know, like, I'm just going to trudge the road to happy destiny working on these things.
0: When it's, like, you know, it is trudging the road, but it's, like, it's the consistency. You know, I said it last time, like, living in the cycles, and this is the longest I've been. I've been at the Mesquite Vet Center for, like, 18 months now. Like, that's the longest I've been a part of anything. I've been in my smart group for over a year now. It's the longest I've been a part of, you know, any of those type, uh, type meetings or anything. So just kind of like using it as maintenance, like that's one of the smart things is like you get off the cycle and you're just like in the maintenance phase. Like you're not really dealing with it as much as others. You're, you know, you, you need to check in every now and then, you know, and like I didn't really acknowledge that. It was kind of all or nothing for me. And, you know, it's... It's not, like, it's not, people do it once a month, people do it once a week. I mean, you know, it doesn't really have, like, a set parameter. You might have, you know, you're going through some things you need it more right now. It's there. Um, but the consistency, I, like I said, it just, I've, I've struggled with it, and to put that much time, you know, put that much in, time in for me, it's, it's been been really huge, so very motivating. So what,
2: I got I, you yeah. know, I have so many questions, it's always hard to figure out what direction to go in. But I, I can't remember if you mentioned this last time, but how did you end up, like, what's the first time someone told you, like, hey, this TMS stuff exists,
0: would you want to do that? Um, I, saw a, um, I saw a study of, like, I, I kind of keep my ear to the ground for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to, um, I reached out to UT... UT Dallas, UT Southwestern. I don't know one of those. UT Uh Southwestern probably over by the hospitals is who's putting it on. So you know, I um, I think last you know last time we talked, I kind of had it just been you know been bouncing around. I mean, I just kind of like done done tried this, done a little of that, and uh, I've always I was always kind of looking for what else is out there. What are some alternatives, You know, what what else can I try? Because I'm not feeling the way I wanna feel, obviously. I'm still, you know, dealing with things. I got another one too, I need TMS. The, um, and the folks over there, you know, they, they, they went, I went through the, you know, probably two or three interviews in the process and I had already done CBT. Um, I had done CBT a couple times actually, um, where that incident that I described, I basically had to write it as a narrative and then I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you you, know, you write the incident as a narrative, and then like you go over it just constantly, just beat the s out of it until it doesn't have any does doesn't have any power anymore. This is cognitive behavioral therapy. That's right, cognitive behavioral therapy. I think Thank that's uh, yeah.
2: what honey. You ever seen Honey Boy?
0: No, I don't think so.
2: Uh, it's Shia LaBeouf had he did that, okay. and then he, like he wrote a script of oh, wow. the things that he was. Going over the CBT in the main
0: movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And his dad was like, "What
2: the fuck?" <laughs> it was very interesting hearing him talk about because whenever he talked with Bernthal, one of the greatest pieces of media that's ever existed. Uh. Yeah. He, uh, he, he. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, my dad was like, you know, people really thought that I was a bad guy after
1: that." <laughs> <laughs> just writing it from your perspective. Yeah, that's what's tough about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they make you write it out and just yeah,
0: it? yeah. You write it out and you relive it and you write it. I mean, I've I've written it, I've written it dozens of times. And then you know you break it down. There's a lot of um, you know, you identify like the problematic thinking. You know, a lot of stuff is just like re, you're just reframing things. You know, you gotta you gotta take the power away from it. You know, it's not, it's all in your head really. I mean, it happened to you, like you said. It's you know going forward. I mean, those choices are all on you, you know, the, the, it's not an excuse, you know, for bad behavior. It's not an excuse for, you know, just really anything. It's just something that you got to learn. You know, you've got to deal with it and there's healthy ways and there's non-healthy ways, you know, and this is the healthiest that i felt probably, you know, in my lifetime. So that's awesome. The other thing about the TMS was anger and rage. I not like, you I mean, like physical altercations, but I would wreck some stuff, you know, I could hit a wall, you know, punch things. I mean, I've done that for a long, a long time and I don't feel that anymore. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's just the environment changes for me, or, you know, or, or what I'm doing in life, but that's definitely, you know, so I want to say gone, um, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it once was. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's something that's changed also too. I wanted to make sure I put through that in with the TMS thing is that uh in that same time period I just I feel like a lot more mellow. Um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm stay at home dad, so so being with the girls is you know, a lesson in patience every day. But uh Indeed. <laughs> but it's still like it's not it's not at all what it was. I mean, it wasn't it was it, I've handled things poorly a lot in my past and it's just not I don't feel I have that feeling anymore. So I'm happy for you. I appreciate it, Jake. Thank you, man. So what are they like, you know, did
2: they have like a this is what, this is how it will work kind of thing beforehand?
0: Yeah, they told me to expect like a – they, you know, they said a lot of times you have like a a very – if you tolerate well at the beginning, you know, you kind of feel great and then you immediately crash. Like they said that that's almost common as as a quick week, week two or so crash mood and mood and thoughts and stuff like that. And I don't know that I really ever really got to that kind of peak because, you know, like 15 by 15, I was switching it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when they put it on the front of my head and it was like being shocked, I I, I don't, I give it like a week, like within that first week, like I, I started feeling different. I noticed the sleep like by that weekend. I was like, man, I'm wide awake in like 4 a.m. for some reason right now. So Something's going on upstairs because this isn't, you know, it's not like me. Yeah. Um,
2: but just, you know, like whenever they're talking about the dark brain on the scan versus the brain that's lighting up more. Hmm. Just, you know, I, I, I assume that they're at some point putting that into like, you know, and this is how that'll feel. You know, of like like your your life is different based on whether or not that scans dark or scan's got a lot of activity, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I have not had a scan personally. I yeah, mean, yeah. I would be curious. I don't yeah, know but I just is. mean
2: you know like whether it's being scanned or not, your brain's acting that way, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And and the other thing too is like this is so they say people do this on their lunch break. Like, this is, like, you go in for, like, 15 minutes. I mean, I'm, I was there, like, 15 minutes at a time, and, like, I only saw the doc. You know, doc wasn't even always in the room. It was a tech. You know, you go in with the tech. Yeah. It's a piece of machinery. It's an equipment. They dial the thing in, ramp it up, and, you know, you're in and out of there. That was, that was the thing. It's so so crazy. It was, like, at first I was, you know, skeptical. It's like, man, this is... Felt like it was the uh, the lights in the box. Y'all were talking about the, yeah <laughs> the lights in the box stuff. Like I kind of <laughs> had that feeling, you know. About you ever do that? No, but that was a, that was an, an, an crazy episode, man. That was intense. Yeah, I've done it since. I should. Yeah, That's nothing like what you did. No, and that's the thing too. They said I, I had a uh, I had a, te- a check in. I mean, I just exchanged some text with the, with one of the guys that helped me out um, there, just kind of a follow up, see how things are going. You know, good reports. But they they do say like you know if, if people, you know if you have a down period or you start to feel it, if people come back in and kind of like do a refresh or whatever sure. maybe they don't do all fifty one they might do a smaller number yeah but they say some people okay. come in yeah come come in and get it done every now and then so I'm uh you know August it was I started in August and I finished in November so just uh just over two months We're you go back three months I don't have anything planned now yeah I don't have anything planned now I'm like I said I'm. I'm excited for uh for medication, see what that brings um excited to have some like permanence in my life. I've kind of felt like I was in limbo for a little while, but like you know, just consistency is key. Everything became official today, and i'm today? happily happily With happy to be, retirement a, yeah, so that's great, man. Happy to be uh this is your party. stay at home dad yeah
2: see <laughs> so, uh, so i yeah I guess the thing i I'm trying to get at. Uh, it's just like the. Do, do you feel like, you, do, you're like, you're kind of answering this, but just like, do, do you feel like uh, you're a new you, like with a, with a new brain? Do you feel like you have whatever kind of like a non PTSD brain?
0: I tell you that I feel like childlike, like I yeah. feel very like. Like these are kind of these are feelings like I haven't felt in a while, you know, like being social. I mean, you know, having a life like outside of the home and you know, having friends and things like that. Like that's relatively new to me and and um like I remember it. (laughs) I remember this, you know. Yeah. I remember doing this a long time ago. Like, yeah, this is you know, this is pretty rad. So (laughs) um I, you know, not new. I mean different version, you know, this is the human experience, right? Isn't that what you're always saying? I mean, this is uh this yeah. is the, you know, ultimate uh, ultimate example, I think. I mean, we're all just like, you know, we're in a phase of life. I mean, we're evolving and growing and uh I'm just trying to do it the right way, I think. So
2: Yeah, Now my uh you know, at my father in law's funeral, he, he I've been thinking a lot about <laughs> You know, things around combat because of his experience. And condolences, in life. man. Thank you. Uh, like, they, you know, the guy gets up, is like, Yeah, we we work together. Uh, we both like fishing and we'd both been in NAM, so we just went fishing a lot. I bet. And, like, I don't know, dude, like, that just, that's not like you just want to find other people who have some frame of reference for this insane fucking thing that just happened. But, like, you know, back then, you don't want to talk about oh, yeah. it. You want to shut the fuck up and try and catch some fish.
1: Like, by, by the way, as an aside, uh, your sister-in-law posted our episode and was like, my brother-in-law had a uh, beautiful, touching tribute <laughs> to uh, our father-in-law, or mm-hmm. to my father. And she posted the whole episode. And I think we're just talking about cum for like the first <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes. Chris <laughs> <laughs> at the comments and it's like, people his age. Yeah, <laughs> just like loved him wow. amazing blah 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 and it's like you probably didn't click on it did you? Oh, <laughs> That's no. fine
2: leave it, leave it at that Yeah, know we're just trying to <laughs> go with whatever works for them
1: Chris was laughing so hard at <laughs> <laughs> you guys just talked about con for like 10-15 minutes before you got to Rudy <laughs> Hey,
2: they can, relate, they can relate to that too whether or not they want to admit that at church it's fine <laughs> everyone does it
1: <laughs> oh my gosh sorry i just you brought up the funeral yeah
2: <laughs> yeah no i just i don't know i i'm i'm interested in your take on the stuff i was talking about in the last episode I, I feel like the culture around it has changed somewhat but i think you'd know much better than me about like the the whole business of like uh you kind of imbued him with a dignity that the society was not willing to extend any other way.
0: I can see that. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that the I don't know, I can't speak to the time frame, but there is a certain, you know, high percentage of society that thinks that like just because you're a veteran, like you've got a little bit higher level, you know, of whatever that may be. Toby I don't know. Keith has a higher opinion that's, of you. Yeah, that's that's what I hear, um, but we're just man. We're just we're just human dads, man. We're just people. Like yeah. I mean, it's you know, no, nah, they you know they. I I can't say as a minority either. I mean, I, I'm sure that you're 1,000 percent right for everything that you went through. The, the the guy with the car, like there's no way. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not happening. If yeah, without it's not happening without the uh, being a vet. Um. And I mean, there's, tangibly,
2: the medical care does seem considerably stepped up from what's offered to me.
0: Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, I'm—I like I said I've—I've I've, I've seen it when it wasn't great, but it's been—they've—they yeah. made a lot of improvements and it's just getting better. Um, That's great. I think too, back to the, you know what you're saying. There's kind of a different like culture out there, I guess you could say, because i have I've, in all—I've the civilian world. I definitely was around a higher level, probably. Director VP title type person that had a anti military. Um, oh really? Yeah, and his reasoning was um, we require too much direction. That's what he told me. He's like, we need to have everything lined out. And I'm like, isn't that what you're supposed to do as a <laughs> proper leader anyway? I mean, that you know. I think what he's saying is he's not Sometimes excited like, about that part. Of yeah, it. Like, you want a lot of improvisa- improvisation. I guess I don't know. It was uh, just kind of struck me the wrong way to. Yeah. It didn't seem like a solid argument. You know what I mean? Um, If you want to say their brains are all mush and they got too much PTSD, that's a different story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man, we were going through... He has like an album of photos. Like he had a camera while he was in Nam and there's a lot of photos and they're awesome. Uh, But some of them... I. I always get Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket mixed up. I'm pretty sure it's Full Metal Jacket that has the sequence with the uh, uh, Asian woman dancing for all the troops. <laughs> he has photos of, like,
0: that. Oh, wow. Like, it's definitely that. <laughs> like, they just got, like, a truck bed that they pulled up. Dude, having pre-rolls, I, 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 that's news to me. I've never heard that from a Vietnam bed, having pre-rolls around. They weren't that selling was you uh,
2: uh, weed out of the motorcade jolly. or motor pool.
0: Man. No, that was al it was a lot of alcohol. You know, you're not supposed to drink in, in Iraq, you know that What do you Is get? That, it? Um, the first deployment, um our base had like a coalition compound and the Italians were there. The Italians were our explosive ordnance disposal group. That's who we'd call if we ever need anything blown up and Man, they had a nice little bar. You can buy a bottle, you know, package package bar, regular sit down bar. Did you have to do it like on the low. Yeah, it wasn't like you're not really supposed to be over there, but nobody really asked you a lot of questions. I guess if that makes sense, you know. So unless somebody stops you, I think
2: that's what kind of was with yeah. the
0: pre rolls. There's so much of that in the military. Like you can just walk around with a blank piece of paper, but if you walk fast and look like you're, you know, busy, you can pretty much be left alone all day. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of. A lot of secrets like that, so, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah, that was how, uh, the first time, and then by the second time, um, it was just the big base, um, Balad, you know, humongous base. There was people there, there was all kind of, uh, you know, around the barber shop, there was like a lot of third country nationals, a lot of like Filipinos worked in all the sewing shops, barber shops, things like that. They had all kind of contraband stuff, you just had to ask the right people at the right places. Um, people were getting stuff mailed. Like it was pretty easy to mail things at that time. Um, <coughs> like cocaine. <laughs> I don't think anybody got any cocaine mailed. Okay. Not a, not not that I'm aware of. It was just a lot of booze. Yeah. Um, damn. <laughs> See, so yeah, is is booze illegal in Iraq? Period. What's well, the um, they call it? General Order Number One. Like you're in a combat zone, no I call in a combat zone. Okay, okay, that's what it. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it boils down to. But where I, are they, but like I
1: he's saying like outside, like for Iraqis. Yeah, yeah. No, they
0: now they don't care. Okay, No, they don't
1: care. You know, okay, no, okay. They don't care. It's right. pretty because yeah. some you know like they just now Saudi Arabia just now. Oh yeah. Opened it up. Yeah, I think
2: uh, I don't. I don't think it's. I'm not trying to say that every Muslim nation has a full prohibition, but I think they definitely have a different legal attitude to it than, it, than
0: we do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they were dealing with a lot bigger fish to fry in those days, you know. <laughs> yeah. The whole infrastructure talk.
2: So, yeah, just I, I'm interested in your ranking, you know, kind of like like a, I, I – you know, it's all probably kind of hard to uh, untangle, but just, you know, it seems like you've – had a real admirable openness to trying out different solutions. And, you know, like where, where does the TMS slot in? Is it like the most effective thing you've ever done was just like going to therapy in general, like regular talk therapy, like the biggest different, like, I, I don't know.
0: Man. I, I, you know, I plugged SMART a lot last time, too, but I don't think I said anything about it being cognitive behavioral therapy based. I mean, it's a CBT. Like a recovery program? Yeah, the SMART yeah. program. Yeah. I mean, it's all CBT based. If, you, if you've if you done CBT and you sit in a SMART meeting, you're going to hear something familiar. And I think that, you know, that resonated humongously because of, like, the power. I mean, if, you, if anyone's familiar with AA, you go in there and they tell you that, like, you're powerless to whatever, you know. And that's the opposite of smart, where you're thinking, where you're telling yourself, "I'm the one that's in charge of all this stuff, and I can, I can handle this. I can figure it out. I can, I can work with these tools, you know, to to get over this, as opposed to just kind of like submitting to nothing." I would say.
2: Yeah, I th- probably said this last time, and if not last time, certainly in some episode somewhere. But uh, I don't know. You know, I. I like AA a lot. I think it's really useful. I think it's done an incredible amount of good for a lot of people. Absolutely. But, like, it is, you know, is the, the cutting edge of what people <laughs> could imagine in 1930. Yeah, <laughs> And, like, that's when everything got calcified and, like, the books got written uh-huh. and, like, they're not putting out new
0: books. Locked them down.
2: Yeah. So, like, any kind of innovations or new ideas that we've come up with since 1930— Uh, you know, it's just, there's not, it's just kind of not how it goes. And I mean, every meeting is sort of just like, uh, you know, all what you're getting is the sum of the wisdom of the people in that room. And that changes obviously, you know, and that's why I always say like, it is very important which meetings you're going to. It's a vastly different experience based on that. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, someone coming along and being like, I'm going to write a new book. You know, like we're we're gonna take these ideas that they had, and we're gonna have all the wisdom there, plus you know, like everything we've learned since 1930. Sprinkle in a little
0: science. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, it, it just feels like a very nineteen thirties at it, like the way that they're talking about it. You just, you know, I don't know. Everyone's like approach to religion, like it's it's funny that like they're you know they're they make pains not to make it like a Christian organization. Oh yeah. Um, but it is. But, like, you just kind of the people at the time that they're saying all that sort of stuff, like, it's so much more even than now, like, a base assumption of, like, but we all know. yeah, <laughs> You know, like, yeah. like, just think about 1930s America in Ohio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've never been to the smart anything, but I, I can really see the path that's open for them to be a more effective organization
0: would I have to, you know, have to put TMS up there because it's the most recent and taking those, you know, taking those tests is like one barometer, but just for it to be going on to like wake up, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what else, you know, I can't, what else can I attribute it to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's almost, it's almost like that light bulb, like it was just, it happened, you know, I wake up and I've had the dream but I'm not like I'm just not having the same it's not having the same reaction to me. I'm not giving it that same space, you know, that it once had. So I like guess it's it's there. I mean, it's going to be there. Um, you know, I don't uh I don't think that there's like a a, a cure, you know, you said something like PTSD free. I really don't know if that exists. I mean, maybe it does. Maybe time will tell, but uh hopefully I'm on that road, I guess.
2: Yeah it is just it's it's just so crazy to me like hearing all that stuff like that that anyone asked you to do that you know and i mean like you know you you like you said you were in the ROTC you signed up for all this stuff but still the you know even the point i mean just declaring war on iraq you know like that that's what it's downstream of, of like yeah. that that was the first you know someone asking you to do that like just to go to a 18 year old Ask them something that there's no way that they can begin to have any conception of how this is going to shape their life and be like, you know, hey, do you want to uh, wake up once uh, a couple times a month uh, for the rest of your life remembering the worst thing that anyone could imagine see happening? Like, I don't know. It's just it's, it's know twisted it stuff. I'm opposed yeah. to war.
0: No, he, uh, you know. It's definitely affected the way you know I talk to my teenagers. You know, I very adamantly against it. And drop them off about once a week. I'll say, uh, don't talk to recruiters. So, <laughs> uh, no, they, um man, the kids—they're kids, they're so much more advanced than us now. I mean, they, they're they're way more aware. At that time, you know, back to Toby Keith again. You, we wanted it, you know, like it of was course. So- Fucking, my T was so high and, you know, I just, that's all I wanted to do. I couldn't wait to go and just, it's, we, we have like an adrenaline addiction, you know? I mean, the adrenaline that you get, you, you can't compare it to anything else. Like there's just, there's nothing else to compare it to. And to like have that zapped into your brain for hours at a time in your early 20s, like, there's no – what do you come home to after that, you know? Like, there's nothing that you can do that's ever going to even come close to that experience or that feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, you you can see why a lot of guys lose their way.
2: Firing fucking 60 grenades at a time. Yeah. Not a lot of opportunities to do that over here. We're supposed here. to do
0: but go volunteer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, Not. I don't know. There was a thought that you kind of had in the, the last one that I – I just thought it was very beautiful. And I feel like everything you've said uh, today has driven that home more of like, you guys, the veterans are kind of like on the vanguard of like understanding the bread Because, you know, like the thing, like you're, you're presenting the medical field with a problem that is absolutely urgent and calls for any possible creative measures that they can come up with. But then once, like, it, you know, if it is like, Hey, we can make this guy stop having the same reaction to the dream. And like it works out and it's safe. And like, you know, like you're in your situation. It's so urgent that we untangle these problems that like you don't want to relax the safety, but you don't have to like, you know, it's like the cost benefit for you is different than like a suburban housewife. <laughs> but like if it works on you, then we can do it on her. And like she might feel entirely differently the rest of her life.
0: When that's the study that I was going out for is that the TMS is technically not FDA approved for combat PTSD. Um, It's being used as an anxiety and depression. Uh, You know, so it's, you have to like go through, you know, you have to go through the hoops, you have to, there's a lot of overlap. The Venn diagram of all those diagnoses are, are similar. So, but you you know you have to go through the hoops to just say like you come from the VA straight into that procedure. It's not just that simple. You know, um, that's the su- the study get it approved, FDA approved, and it's just a, a rubber stamp type deal. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the VA's like been at the forefront of a lot of that. I mean, the yeah. aspirin. You know, an aspirin a day. I'm pretty sure they had a hand in the pacemaker. I, I mean, would bet ketamine. I probably. You know.
2: You ever done ketamine?
0: I have not. I've heard of it in in other groups. I've heard of people sharing, uh, you know, their experiences. But no, I don't know. I don't know if the VA is on board with that one. But you think they might? I don't know if you know. Eventually, something. yeah, I think they will. Mushrooms. It I feels the like thing. the medical
2: community is pretty hot. pretty. It's pretty hyped up about ketamine and mushrooms right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of studies. I feel like it's the
2: kind of stuff where I know. I, I know. I've heard uh, Terry Gross talk to a mushroom guy. If it's if it's hitting fresh air, then the establishment is receiving mm. signals about how this is a, a good approved thing.
0: Which mushroom guy is Stamets? Paul no, Stamets? No,
2: no, no. She's not that. Okay, it's the Mark Pollan. Okay, the guy that wrote the book.
0: Is he Maps? He's a Maps guy, right? the The organization <laughs> is called Maps. Possibly psychedelic he, Studies. something. Yeah, psychedelic he, studies.
2: He's definitely a guy who like uh, he he obviously knows Stamets, but yeah. he's like a psychologist i know you just said it i think psychologist he's not the one that prescribes psychologist yeah i could be wrong um but yeah he's he's in that field and like you know he's the kind of like you know we're gonna give someone a controlled amount and while they're laying on a couch and you know we're gonna talk him through some things and that kind of stuff and terry's just nodding along and yeah i don't know i i feel like everyone is absorbed on some level that the You know the intellectual leaders of our society have decided that mushrooms are acceptable now, Uh, and I feel like ketamine's in that group.
0: Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah. There's no point in there's no no point in it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's the you know the rate with people the the rate that people are checking out. um, You know, it's happening pretty alarmingly. So. Yeah. What's all I got, man? Huh? I said, that's all I got. Yeah. I'm very happy for you. Very I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. You have yeah. a glow. Oh, about I love you. this. Right? Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. not pregnant. <laughs> thank you, man. Appreciate it. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one,
2: I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.